Hi, welcome to Digital Marketing Answered. I'm Vanessa and I'm with Tim today and we're going to be speaking about B2C retention strategies. So Tim, what are, uh, what would you say are retention strategies? Um, well, I think we'll start off with the need for retention. So retention strategies do what they say on the tin. It's about holding on to your customers for as long as you can. But the real importance and why we're talking about it today is about developing lifetime customer value. Mm -hmm. So um, what we find is that with the increasing competition online and between offline stores, online stores, um, it it's gets increasingly expensive to be able to recruit and um, acquire new customers. Therefore, in order to maximise your profits, what you need to do is you really need to think about what is uh, the lifetime customer value that I can extract from that new client. Yeah, no, that's, that makes sense. Um, and what would you say are the main differences between B2B and B2C? The main difference between B2B and B2C, I think, depends very much on the purchase lifecycle um, and the cost of the product. So uh, what I mean by that is purchase lifecycle. If you go to the store and you buy shampoo, mm -hmm. you probably buy shampoo every month. But if you go and buy a new marketing platform, you probably do that every three years. Mm -hmm. So um, there is a difference in terms of that cycle, how often the consumer is making the decision. And with, um, with a, a customer-focused um, retention strategy, you have to understand what is the cycle and it's likely to be much more frequent than um, uh, a B2B one. And a B2B one's often actually about extracting greater value with the relationship because they might continue with the core product, yeah. but they, you might be looking actually as part of your retention strategy to upsell. With the consumer one, again, there is an upsell element, but it's actually you've got a more frequent um, touch point. That said, you can have consumer products that are not um, like buying every month. It could be you're a consumer, you buy a new car. You don't mm -hmm. buy a new car every month. Well, at least I haven't noticed that you've bought a new car every <laughs> month. So um, so you, you need to think about those. There are general differences between B2B and consumer, but um, it's, it's in that area. But you still need to be specific for your own customer. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, so you mentioned for you mentioned like upselling for B two B customers. How would you like recommend you go about upselling for B two C customers or like cross selling? Um, okay, so it depends obviously on your specific store. Mm -hmm. uh, we work with a range of clients which go across different product categories, or they're very much niched into a single product product category. So. Um, if you are in a very narrow space, you like if you're selling only shampoo, then you know you might sell. I don't know um, one for shinier hair one week or something like that. It's very difficult um, to expand across the range. But if you're selling um, if you're selling beauty products in general, and somebody comes in and they buy the shampoo, and then you've also got conditioner, you've got face cream, you've got things like that. Um, what you want to do, I think, when we're talking about these strategies is um, identify the, the need for the customer. So 
don't just assume that because somebody buys product X, mm -hmm. you should always try and sell them product Y as well. Um, so I think this comes into intelligent use of data and understanding of data and try and break your customer base down into cohorts mm -hmm. and then bringing it back to your question about how do you do the, the upsell or the cross-sell, start to look at these cohorts by, okay, what is it, first of all, what is it that might want to do? And then the next thing is actually creating um, the campaign or the actions around that. For a, for a given cohort then, you'll then look and obviously you're going to base it very specifically about um, your consumers. So um, I don't want people to go, oh, well, there's, that, that, that doesn't apply to me because my consumer does this or has this thing. Um, so it's, it's going to be specific. So um, first thing is the comms methodology. Mm -hmm. So what we know is that uh, if we've got good data for our customer, we can be intelligent and we can extract a lot of profit from it. So starting point is then to go, okay, if we've got this, where does this consumer tend to buy or when does it tend to buy? What's the appropriate communication method? Because we've got the classics, we've got email, mm -hmm. we could um, put them into a list for paid campaigns, we could try and target them organically on social potentially, um, we might try and engage with them with search. But the last two, that's kind of a strategy which is the same as if you were going after the segment anyway. So you're better off going sort of how can you directly target. So I would say, yeah, email, list going into paid mediums, mm -hmm. and then obviously in this day and age, WhatsApp and SMS, which used to be back you know, a bit of a no-no, you wouldn't really want to get marketing messages by SMS, but now people are like, oh no, if I've signed up for this, this is useful. Yeah, um, that will come in. So yeah, so pick your pick your comms channel and then it's about good marketing, isn't it? It's mm -hmm. the right message. Yes. So again, we've taken a cohort, so we've not we're not treating everybody the same. We're trying to go personalized. What's the message that's gonna resonate with Vanessa's cohort, if mm -hmm. you're an example of the cohort. Now, um, if we've done our homework and we understand you as a consumer, we might think, okay, well, um, Vanessa, uh, she tends to make purchases on this day and what drives her is what's being talked about in fashion magazines mm -hmm. or something like that. So our creative might be around, what are you doing at the weekend? Here's the latest looks in a fashion magazine or something like that. Yeah. A different person, what might be driving their um, purchase behavior is they might have, uh, I don't know, more of an ethical slant to their um, purchase. So their creative might say something like, you know, um, have you tried this? You know, it's vegan conditioner, mm -hmm. not tested on animals and, um, you know, something else which appeals to that, that thing. So um, it's about if you like a good... Um, upsell, cross-sell, just like a retention program is very much about building blocks. So you need to look at what you understand, build a block specific to that. So the comms, the campaign, and then things like frequency, that kind of, um, you know, how often are we going to 
target Vanessa. Yeah. Because what we don't want to do is Vanessa. Bombard. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Nobody likes the bombarding. So have you had that when you've been like online? Um, I think we were speaking in the office the other day about um, being bombarded by yeah certain brands. Yeah. Uh, it was like email notifications, notifications on the app, and I think sometimes when it's too much, you just you just unsubscribe, don't you? Yeah. So you have to get the the timing right. You need to understand your customer. Yeah. Um, and yeah, send it when's right for them and how often they want to see it. Exactly. And I think that to get that right, there's a degree of understanding the consumer and different consumer bands have generalised preferences, mm -hmm. but also do some testing. Yeah. I don't think people test enough, do they? No, not at all. And there's so much, I mean, you know, we use, um, well, we're HubSpot partners and so we use HubSpot and different CRMs. But there's a lot of A-B testing that we do, we can do in there. Yeah. Um, also, uh, like the AI tools within um, workflows, like we can test different times to send emails, yeah. how frequent to send, you know, how often we should send emails um, and all of that. So it's just testing different uh, theories that you have and seeing what works for your uh, customer exactly. base. Exactly, mm. yeah. Yeah, and and so you, you touched on workflows there mm -hmm. and automation, and and I think actually where we are now in the marketing world, that's the bedrock of your retention strategy. Definitely, yeah. Because the to to do it well, you need to personalise, and to personalise at scale, you don't have enough people, mm -hmm. frankly, mm -hmm. to, to be doing 20 different campaign variations every time. So you've yeah. got to use technology to do it. Definitely. And the thing is, most people, you know, a lot of people are using automation. You don't want to be, yeah, the company that's doing everything manually. It's just less efficient. Um, and yeah, you could be doing so much more. So in terms of what you do with your work um, on, should we say, um, building these retention automation flows and, mm -hmm. and campaigns, what is kind of some of the standard ones? Um, so there's, yeah, there's a few standard ones that we, uh, you know, build for clients. Obviously, we tailor it for the client, yeah. uh, you know, what they sell, their industry. Uh, so post-purchase campaigns, that's something that we, yeah, would recommend setting up, like, you know, as soon as possible. Uh, what this does is as soon as... Um, a contact makes a purchase, you're then uh, letting them know when that product's coming um, and also educating that co customer on the product, uh, like how they can use it, if they're happy with the product. And then, you know, after a certain amount of time, we can look at getting reviews. So, so yeah. that first purchase, how important is it that that's a good customer experience? Uh, I think it's very important because I think the, like your communication with the customer that sets you know how they feel about you how they see the brand um you know what differentiates you from your competitors yeah. um so it is very very important um that first yeah. interaction that's good and you you actually mentioned in there um the the use of like how to set up your product or how to use your product mm -hmm. so would you recommend maybe using videos at that point Definitely. Um, videos are very, like, you know, we recommend these for our clients um, all the time. Very, uh, very powerful tool. Um, and a lot of people, you know, they prefer to watch a video than, you know, read a set of instructions. Yeah. It's a lot easier, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, definitely 
use video in your emails, how to's, um, asking, yeah. like, you know, answering uh, popular questions that right. you see from customers. Um, okay. And like the reason you want your customers to use your products properly and get the most out of them is so, yeah, they have a good experience, um, but they also, you know, they can recommend your product to someone else. Yeah. You know, they're more happy to leave reviews. They're getting the most out of your product. Right. They're happy customers. So that's what you want. So like... In the, if you looked at the, if there was a graph of importance mm -hmm. on your retention strategies, there'd be a big peak of importance right at that that first purchase. So we want to get um, the experience in the comms right. Yeah. We want them to understand how to use the product correctly. Mm -hmm. We want them to enjoy using the product. Kind of, you were saying that. Yes. And then we're also looking for that afterglow of joy of getting the product to then go and leave a review as well exactly yeah that's what you want okay yeah. okay so that's so interesting that first peak then um we were talking about um automations mm -hmm. what automations can we do with products that maybe have certain purchase life cycles and things like that or life lifespans yeah so i think first of all we'd start by looking at the data that you have um, and seeing you know identifying any patterns that you have in the data so if you have one product uh, I don't know yeah you sell it this year and it has a lifespan of about two years yep. you want to set up that automation you know maybe six months before the two-year um, like, anniversary like, exactly yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, so you're you know becoming like front of mind for that client they're thinking about it if they're so it's like a re-nurture exactly 18 months in you go yeah we think the product's going to need replacing mm -hmm. in two years, so we're going to start sending the comms then. Yeah, you're like planting that seed in the client's yeah. head. So they're already thinking about it and, yeah. Okay, that sounds really good. So um, I suppose the the other thing then is if we're looking at um, the retention of the customer, we've got two things, If you two primary things. We've got buy the same thing again. Mm -hmm or buy something different going forward as well. And we talked about a bit about the, the cross-sell, upsell. What, what do you think about um, things like recommendation? How would you go about things like recommendation of another product? Yeah, so I think, you know, depending on what type of business you are and what products you have, you could almost group products um, that you have so you could have like it more so if you I don't know if you sold skincare for example you yeah. could have a cheaper skincare maybe for like oily skin then a more expensive skincare for oily skin and then you could have like dry skin like a cheaper version and more expensive version okay if you have a like a customer they've started off with the cheaper version you could look at and you know promote the benefits of the more expensive version right. um like up and when, you know, when you think they're about to run out. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Or you can, yeah, there might be add-on products. You could have, like, the main face cream and then there could be eye cream and, you know, all yeah. these other products that you could add on. Okay. Um, so you'd you'd look into the data, dig yes. into the data yeah. and go, okay, so people that bought the dry skin face cream, mm -hmm. actually there's quite a high proportion of those which are now buying the eye cream or buying, I don't know, the lip salve or something like yeah. that. And then and then how would you build a campaign around that then? 
Well, you then look at, um, yeah, look at all the contacts that have bought the first product. Yeah. And then you can slowly like drip feed, almost like a, yeah, a nurture flow. Yeah of the benefits of the other products. You, often you see people, they buy both products. You can yeah. share reviews, you can share case studies, videos, um, just to yeah persuade them to buy you know an extra product. Another thing which we haven't spoken about yet is um, you know, you can create loyalty schemes okay. for customers. Yeah. So, you know, you can have a point scheme. Um, yeah. You can almost build like a community as well. Um, well, let's dig it on the points yeah. on the point scheme. Mm-hmm. Right. If you're a consumer brand and say you've got a Shopify store. Yeah. An e-commerce store hasn't got the money to to set up the, the next Tesco club card. How would an e-commerce site say running Shopify? go about actually having a loyalty scheme though? Uh, so yeah, there are add-on apps that you can integrate with Shopify, you could integrate with HubSpot um, to build, yeah, those loyalty schemes. So, you know, you'd have to look to so see... So you don't have to reinvent the wheel, you're exactly. basically plugging it in. Yeah, you plug it in, you'd plan out, you know, how it would work as a business and then you can set that up in yeah. the software. Uh, so it could be, I don't know, if they reach a certain amount of points, they can get offers, they can yeah. get you know, samples of products and all of that. It just okay. depends on how, yeah, how you want to set that up. Okay, so that's good. And then, and then, so the loyalty scheme is one thing, mm-hmm. but also the building community. Yes. Right, so there's been a lot of talk about the power of community. Mm-hmm. And I know there's there's a lot of drivers with uh, about getting more first-party data, not just your customer data. But tell the people watching and listening, um, a bit more about that community build. What do you mean by that? Um, so building a community is basically um, you want to build brand advocates. So they're going to um, recommend your products. They're going to be speaking about your products. That could be over social media, on reviews, Facebook groups. Like you can have community uh, social groups, and it's just to encourage more customers to well to get more customers, but also yeah. to get your customers to be buying more, to be using more, to be... Um... In terms of the building of the community, mm-hmm. so if we're doing the community building, um, my understanding is that you need... Um, there's different mechanics to do it, but you need good content, would you say? Yes, definitely. Um... So, like, um, what we're looking at now in terms of a retention strategy is we're moving... A, you know, we've got the automation going on, we've got the segmentation, you've talked about that, and we've talked about different cohorts and things like that. But now what we want to do for our retention is we want to say what additional value we can give to our consumers other than our products. Mm -hmm. So kind of spend time creating content around interest areas, not simply products. Is that right? Yeah, yes, I would say that's right. Okay, okay. And then... If, if I'm going to spend that time and effort creating, say, I don't know, videos on subject matter X, which is, I don't know, what daily facial routines we've mm-hmm. used cosmetics quite a lot, how else can I get it out there and maximise the value for that rather than just having it on my website? Yeah, so having it on your website is a good start. 
Um, and then but you can use different channels. So we could look at, you know, pushing out uh, email campaigns to customers that, you know, high value customers. Yeah. Uh, we can also look at promoting community on your social media pages. We can even look at um, influencers and, yeah, creating like social groups for, you know, people to join, people... Yeah to promote your product, um, you know, different hashtags, all of that really. Yeah, just yeah. to just to get the word out there and, and kind of build that value. Mm -hmm. Okay, so um, kind of bringing it together then, for the consumer, when it comes to retention, what we're looking at is we're looking at um, the making sure that the, the early customer experience, the first customer experience, if you like, is brilliant. Mm -hmm. So invest a lot of time and effort and thought into that. Then look at things like um, what they should be buying from us over a period of time. Yes, yeah. Then look at breaking it down into groupings and trying to identify and personalize the comms so that we're picking the right products for mm -hmm. the right people. Um, but then looking at what we can then sell them something else Yeah. so that you know, if they're only buying this once every six months, we want to try and sell them something else mm -hmm. in between those Definitely. times. Okay. Um, okay. And then the community part of that is then engaging with them and kind of building what Seth Godin would call a tribe kind of thing around your product. Yeah, so. exactly. And okay. it's almost, I think for some brands, you know, it can be, they can push like a lifestyle, can't they? Yeah. So it becomes a part of that customer's lifestyle. Right. So if it's like, I don't know, fitness brand, then yeah. they think about, you know, how they work out and what sort of classes they go to and, you know, what they're wearing. And it's all people speak part about fitness. Life. Yeah. As well. And, but it's actually a fitness clothing brand. So it's not actually about. Um, yeah, yeah, you're, you're giving them. Out. You're giving them. I don't know menus for for smoothies to make a smoothie, yeah. but you're selling them clothes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah so it all kind of ties in together. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's that's really interesting. So um, you need to take this real complete approach to your mm -hmm. consumer, and not just push them offers. Interesting, yes. we've not spoke about offers the whole time. I know, yeah, I was thinking that because it is that's almost like the easy way, isn't it? To um, push your products, yeah, if you have offers, you could do, yeah, but different. I, I, th I, I think it's a bit of a lazy way. Mm -hmm. My, my sense is that offers is when you know, when you've got nothing else in your marketing toolbox, oh, well, we'll just sling an offer out. Yeah. And I think it's quite dangerous. I, I, yeah, I think so. Because, um, you know, if you send too many offers out, your customers become almost, they rely on getting offers. And also you need to think, does it devalue your products? Yeah. Because they, you know, if you're offering 10%, 20% all the time, yeah. you, you're not seeing that as... Um, the value. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And uh, I mean, I have a thing about attracting consumers only through big discounting and price offers because mm -hmm. I think you get the wrong type of consumer in the first place, the one that is just too price sensitive and you don't build very good value off. But yeah, I think the same thing um, when it comes to retention strategies, you're absolutely spot on. If you keep feeding them discounts, if you try and take them away, take the discounts away, they're going to go, well, I'm going to wait until I get my next discount code, aren't they? Exactly, yeah. 
So yeah, and, and, and I think the undervalue or the devaluing of the core product is important as well because mm -hmm. there are certain categories where discounting has become the norm mm. because they're effectively inflating um, the core price of the product mm -hmm. or, the, or the published price of the product. They're inflating it yeah. to then discount it. You know, let's just say when we see those amazing offers in the January sales from those mm -hmm. furniture stores, you know, the sales seem to be on all the time. They must be making money at that margin. Therefore, you think it's not really a thousand pounds sofa, is it? Exactly. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, if um, if people wanted to to start with their retention for their 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 selling to consumers at this point, they need to reinvigorate whatever they're doing. I'm assuming that they've 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 tried to do something. Where would the place to start be, do you think? Uh, I think the place to start is, yeah, looking at that first touch point you have with your customers. Uh, so, yeah, website obviously is very important and any communications that follow that. Yeah. Um, and then you just look and understand how your customers are behaving, personalise and tailor how you communicate with them and what content you send to them. Yeah. And um, So yeah. start, start at the front. Mm-hmm. And then look down and look about tailoring, you know, make it make it personalised as much as you can and uh, and look at the data. Yes, yeah? data is very important. Yeah. Okay. I think we've covered everything there, haven't we? Yes, I think we have, Tim. Yeah, that was really interesting. That's a wrap then. Yes. Uh, so thank you uh, for watching Digital Marketing Answers. Please remember to like, subscribe and comment below if you do have any questions. And if you aren't listening to this on a podcast, uh, please uh, download this podcast. So yeah, thank you again for watching. Thanks.